Hey everybody, we're back. Welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Holtzap, but with me as always is George Rogers. Boy, it feels like forever, doesn't it? It's been a minute. It has been a minute. It's been a minute. And we're doing it old school today. We're sitting in the same room together, uh, of course, pantsless, because no, we're both we're wearing shorts. Pants. Yeah. Because we're both wearing shorts. Uh, and here we are. It's not pants season yet. It's true. Well, pants season for me is like December. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, we're back to do... Uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna bang out these uh, Disney movies pretty fast. Uh, yeah. Only, so only one left. No, no, we got three left. No. And uh, three. Yeah. Last Jedi, Solo, and the, <laughs> the Incredible Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I thought you were talking about just Solo. No. No, because I'm not doing the other ones. Wow. We're definitely doing the rest of Skywalker. Not we've done. Not uh, five anything to say I'm not going to lie. I said we've done. I, I can say we've done worse movies, but have we actually? No, we have not. <laughs> no, we have not. Have we actually? <laughs> See, I don't think we've done anything that we've given a zero to yet. So That's why we have to do it because it's the first zero on the show. No, we don't have to do that. I will waste a birthday show. Ugh, I, I'll kill you so you never have another birthday. <laughs> but anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll replace you with a lesser version. Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're replacing me with hey, a woman. Hey, hey, Chris, you're back. I didn't know you were replacing me with a woman. Um. <laughs> and we lost the last viewer. That's <laughs> fine. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, you know, this is, uh, well, maybe before we get into the movie, um, I just wanted to kind of tell everybody from the, from, the the apologize for the 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 delay in shows this is the longest break we've ever had i think i don't think last christmas because we were both sick i don't think that encompassed i mean we, it's been almost like six weeks i feel like since we've actually been on um and uh hey so life gets in the way logistics sometimes are a problem and that's all it was it wasn't like there was a falling out like the tabloid said or anything like that uh, I made that up, obviously. Well, the Weekly World News <clears throat> said Bad Boy was found in a cave. Oh, yeah. And so. Kramer found Pigman. Yeah. So. So. But, no, it was just, just timing, life, logistics. It gets in the way. And, and fortunately, uh, we had to take some time off, cut some movies out of the year or so. Um, but, we're, but, you know, we're back. Don't worry. We didn't cut anything out that we were too heartbroken on. Exactly. Yeah, so. no, nothing. It wasn't like we cut out... Uh, Back to the Future or something like that. Um, I mean, we already did it, but I'm just saying, let's yeah. say, you know, it, it wasn't like it was nothing, something like that. Nothing on that grand scale. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, but let's let's kind of uh, let's kind of get into this so we can praise this movie and bemoan about how the rest of... And talk about how it's, how it's been all downhill from here. It's been pretty hit and miss since this, honestly. More miss than hit. Um, I, I would say there's only really been like three misses. Yeah. Maybe in passing. I mean, I listen. Some even though I've I've come around in the last Jedi, I, I, it's not a perfect movie, and I understand that the general consensus of that of fans don't like that movie. So I would consider it a miss on the grand scale. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Rise of Skywalker is a miss, of course, because it's utter dog shit. But I think the shows, for the most part, outside of Obi Wan, have been hits. Yeah. And Obi Wan still had some good episodes in it. It wasn't like the whole show was bad. Uh, just like those middle, but three. it's the fact that they are having such a hard time getting back to film. Yeah, I'm not. I honestly, I'm okay with that because whatever it takes, <laughs> whatever it takes that Ray movie to not come out because I could fucking care less about that character. Yeah. Um, I just don't. That's how bad the Rise of Skywalker was to me. But this movie was great. Mm-hmm. This is the best movie of the five that Disney's put out. Well, that that Lucasfilm has put out since they were purchased by Disney. I don't think Disney is knocking on the door going, hey, you got to do this. I don't think they give a shit. They, you know, they don't do that to Marvel. They probably don't do that to... Probably because they're not allowed to because Kevin Feige has a do not disturb sign on this. And I don't think they really think they do that to to Star Wars. I think they just have incompetency in the spots that should not have incompetency. Oh, Kathleen Carter is getting fired again this Um, week. Well, he's incompetent too. Extremely. And but this movie was a hit. And you got to think about it though. Uh, we we did the Force Awakens this year for my birthday. That movie was a hit. They had two back to back hits. Regardless of what you feel about the Force Awakens, everybody, it made two billion dollars. 
That's a hit. I mean, I mean, I guess it could say the same thing about the Rise of Skywalker. It made a billion dollars, so yeah, I guess it's it's a hit to somebody. So, but this movie is great, even though it's kind of a hack job, since there was all that behind the scenes stuff that Gareth Edwards shot this movie, and then they brought in Tony Gilroy, who wrote the movie, uh, to kind of re-edit it. But hey, we got a great one here, and um, not perfect, but it's a great one. It's 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 a great one. Um, so let's 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 go down these. This uh, no, let me ask you. God's been 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 a minute. I'm a little rusty. Mm-hmm. George, did you see this movie in theaters? I did. Okay, okay. December. I thought this came out earlier in December. Hmm. But uh, I did. Pretty sure I did. Yeah, I did. I did. I don't know why I didn't see this in theaters. We'll say you were busy. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it came out in December, so probably busy. Yeah. I was probably working. To be honest probably. With you. Yeah, I. I know I saw this movie in theaters, but I don't remember seeing it in theaters. But I know I did. Because I know when I saw this movie, I put up on my Facebook, the first thing I said was, this was the movie that Force Awakens wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I still stand by that statement. Because this is a pure Star Wars film. Uh, again, not perfect. <clears throat> but very good. Um, so let's, let's, let me read this stuff off and we'll get into um, some random raving. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, released uh, December 10th, 2016 at the Pantages Theater for its opening, and December 16th, 2016, you know, everywhere else, that's, where, that's when, when I saw it and stuff like that. Uh, big budget, 200, 200 to $265 million. Uh, its box office was, I always think this made more, but still, this is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a, uh, it's a billion dollar film, $1.058 billion, um, directed by Gareth Edwards. Screenplay by Chris Wetz, however you pronounce it, and Tony Gilroy. You may know him because he is the showrunner of Andor, which I think is fantastic. Um, continues on the feeling of this movie, <clears throat> and of course is a prequel. Um, uh, produced by Kathleen Kennedy. I'm not going to read the other two, who cares? Um, music by Michael Giacchino. Uh, you all know how I feel about him. Now granted, I don't really like him as a composer, but he did a hell of a job of Werewolf by Night. Don't care. That was that was pretty good. That Don't was pretty good. Don't care. Um, <clears throat> so, starring Felicity Jones, Diego Luna, Ben Mendelsohn, the great Ben Mendelsohn. Great Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, Donnie Yen, the great Mads Mikkelsen, the, the great Alan Tudyk. <laughs> He's awesome. The great Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, him too. I mean, it's just greats all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Yang, Yang Wen, I think it's how it's pronounced. I think sure. I think the J is kind of a Z in, in that language. I think I it's know. a soft J. It's jogging. jogging. But, um, and... Um, yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's it for that stuff. I mean, stuff, I mean so. that's like the main. I mean, yeah. we get cameos by 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 Star Wars veterans, mm-hmm. uh, J- James Earl Jones, Anthony Daniels, and such. I believe this is the final time James Earl Jones voiced Vader, I don't know. because they used a modulator for for Obi Wan. Oh. That was done by that was done then, by yeah, a, yeah, that was yeah. done by a computer. Yeah, because you could tell with um, his voice he sounds older. If this wasn't the last time, it might have been in Rebels was the last time he voiced him. Because he did, he, did he did voice him in Rebels. And Rebels ran from 2015 to 2018, 19, somewhere in there. So he might have voiced him after this. But this is the last movie he's where I'd say live action he voiced him. Because I don't think he did that line in Rise of Skywalker either. I think that's that was done modulation. I could be wrong, though. Not like that fucking matters. Nothing in that movie matters. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jimmy Smith makes a cameo. Uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, who is uh, Mon Mothma. Um, which is crazy that they brought her back because she's only in like a cameo in Revenge of the Sith. Because the actual scene she's in, where she talks, was cut from the movie. You only see her getting up out of the chair and walking out. That was that was the tail end of the scene that she was in. You literally see her for a split second in Revenge of the Sith. But it's cool that they brought her back, though. Um, instead of, like, recasting I mean, Well, she's her. a high-ranking official in the, in, the, uh, in the Rebel. Yeah, but they could have easily just yeah. recasted her with somebody. But then they, they decided to bring her back. And I think that's great. Um, and, of course, I, everybody loves Jimmy Smith. I'm a big Jimmy Smith fan, mm-hmm. especially uh, Matt Santos, Jimmy Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, George, yeah. go ahead. Uh, so, I mean, the entire plot of this movie was basically in the opening crawl to A New Hope. 
Yeah, the most it is. It really <laughs> is. That's all it is. I mean, it's really just it's the it's the the telling and the story of how the rebels got the Death Star plans. Mm-hmm. They just expanded on it to, let's just say, a, an actually well written story. It was ex- yeah. it was expanded out in. Like usually, you know, you you take something or, or you take like a generic part of a story and you expand it out. Sometimes, you. Know, uh, items get added in that you're like, ah, this feels like a bit much, but this expanded out and kind of gave the rebels a bit of a backstory. It gave, uh, I want to say the, the, the empire backstory. The empire was already like, like a fully functioning entity at this point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, and it shows the, you know, essentially the creation of the death star and how it was created by Galen Erso mm-hmm. because of course, Mads Mikkelsen's going to create something that's going to destroy a planet. I think he created the weapon, not the actual space station. I think he was brought in to create that the the cannon, the laser cannon, the fi- the firing system. Yeah, because he was a science officer. So yeah, 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 yeah. Because so obviously, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, they show they show the framework being uh, yeah. put together, and they obviously allude to it in Attack of the Clones. Yeah, they actually showed it on like the hologram. Yeah, thing. that that was that was the yeah. thing that the bug guy took and gave to uh, Dooku. Yeah. And he was like, oh, ooh. He was like, oh, yes, circle. And then, <laughs> flew, and then flew so, away. But he was the one that was, that was like, spearheaded the actual can, the, the, the firing array yes. for the... Uh, for I mean, the, and, the, and, and that's really what this is. And, and you kind of see how the the rebel... Well, I'll just say the rebel faction mm-hmm. to this point. Mm-hmm. How, like, the how the rebel factions basically kind of split. Like, you had your, like, your main uh, rebel alliance with... You know, with Bail Organa, Mon Mothma, and then like you know, Andor is basically a rebel spy, but he's got his own group that like they they understand that they need to do whatever it takes to stop this rebel from happening. the The rebel alliance, like you know, the high rank officials, they're, they're trying to do things the most diplomatic way mm-hmm. to avoid a, a star war. <laughs> a star war. I yeah, I got. It didn't sound like good when I said either. Because then you even had the extremists like Saul Guerrero, which uh-huh. moved Forrest Whitaker place. Uh-huh. And I guess they de-aged him, right, for the opening scene? I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know because Forrest Whitaker has aged very gracefully. So maybe they aged him. Maybe like, he. Maybe they aged him up. To that, make him look like he had Don King hair? Yeah, that's probably what it was. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't like, like, like when he sees Jenny's in there. I'm pretty sure I'm like, I think that's Forrest Whitaker's actual voice. Then we see him later on. Vice! Deception! It's like, oh, all right, then I guess we're doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this, and this movie, as you just brought up, um, this movie continues on the long line of Star Wars memes. Yeah, because farming, a man of your talents. Yeah. Oh, how beautiful! And <laughs> you were this close to greatness. <laughs> Lies, deception. That's yeah. that, That's a that's a gift that we that we've been using for years. You don't get many memes from this movie. No, but it, it, but the ones you have are yeah. are they're, they're top notch. Yeah. If this was like the third in a trilogy, then yeah, you'd have memes for days. Because yeah. that's just how that works. Revenge of the Sith, Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi, mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker, Spider Man Three. Memes for days. Memes for well, days. you get Rise of Skywalker for bad memes. The entire the entire movie is a giant fucking meme. It is. That's why it sucks. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Not a, I didn't say it was a good meme. Yeah. It's a shit post. That's what it that's, is. It, it's a shit <laughs> It's a shit post. Meme. Although I feel like that's taking the piss out of actual shit posting groups. Yeah, I'll agree with yeah. you. Yeah. But it also kind of shows how the rebels got the Death Star plans. And you know, and all of this starts with Galen Urso, who is um, he clearly has regret for what he's helped create. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know what? If I just kind of leave and take my family and kind of hide from the Empire, then they can't finish the weapon and I can kind of go through life guilt-free. Mm-hmm. Which, that doesn't last too long because Orson Krennic eventually does find him, kills his wife, and then forces him into helping him fix the, fix the issue. Where his daughter escapes and she's part of the rebel alliance she was helping Saul Guerrero until he became a little too extreme for uh for the rebels but uh, and but Bodhi Rook who is this I mean he's like an I almost say an un uh uh what's the word I'm even trying to find here he's or I was saying he's like a like the low-key like hero of this story because without him none of this shit even takes place yeah 
because he's the one who's like, I need to find, I need to find Saul Guerrero because he's got the holographic message from from, from Galen Urso, mm-hmm. and then Galen probably just assumes that Jin is still with Saul Guerrero because in his holographic message, you know, he even he he talks to her, you know, personally, mm-hmm. you know, and, send, and sends a message and sends the message to her, and it wasn't it wasn't until Jin and Cassian show up at Saul Guerrero's on Jetta where they're like, oh. The pilot is telling the truth. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, there there is something going on. God, there. I just want to reiterate the fact that I do not like the character Saul Guerrero. I thought you liked Saul Guerrero. No. Is it because he's not part of the famed Guerrero family and yeah. you were really angry No, about I that? I am not a fan uh, of Saul at all, and I never really have been. Didn't like him in the Clone Wars, didn't like him when he showed up in Rebels, um, didn't like him in this. I just, I think he's a dick. Yeah. Just, I'm just yeah. not a fan of the character. Yeah. I mean, Cassian Andor has his own plans, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he's supposed to be helping Jyn Erso, but at the same time, he's got, like, a secret mission. He's supposed to kill Kill Gale and Erso. her father, yeah. So, uh, you know, I do want to bring up... Give me. There was a, the scene that sold me on this movie. It was early on. It was when you... When uh, Cassian kills that guy. I can't remember what planet it's on. And he's got to escape before he gets caught, he was getting the information from mm-hmm. when that scene happened. I was like, okay, this movie is serious like this. I'm going to like this movie. Yeah. This isn't like, this isn't just going to be like for your kids. Star Wars. Like this is like an adult movie. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's an adult star Wars film. Mm-hmm. Much like empire was. Yes. I, I mean, everybody, everybody turns around and goes, Oh, you know, it was, it's made for kids. Cause it's got Yoda and the puppets. But it's not a very, it's not a kid friendly story. Yeah. It's, it's a very dark movie. It's got a lot of, it, it, the I mean, movies, kids can watch yeah, it, of course, but, but the, I'm just saying, like... But there's a lot of, I don't want to say adult themes, but, like, there's a lot of grown-up mm-hmm. situations in those movies that the kids don't necessarily need to understand to enjoy, yeah. but we get it, and we're like, oh, this is storytelling at its finest. And that's Star Wars, though. That's how I think about it, because when I... Okay, we'll do the contrast. When I watch on the less than handful of occasions I've seen The Rise of Skywalker, which is probably only three times in the four years it's existed... Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, I feel like I'm retarded watching that movie because it treats its audience as an idiot. Because there's way too much exposition. Yeah, they treat it. It's 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 they they're like, oh, our 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 audience for this movie is five year olds. Let's play it safe. Let's like, uh, you know, kind of just exposition dump everything. Like when Ray heals the giant underground tunnel snake and then bb it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. she's like oh i just transferred a little bit of my life into this it's like i didn't need you to tell me what force heal is i could put two and two together yeah like that's what i mean like there's none of that in this movie really yeah there's some bad lines like you know oh rebellions are built on hope and i actually kind of forget if they, that's I, in it because i know there's some there was stuff in the trailer obviously like they, most movies there's stuff in the trailers yeah. that aren't in the theater yeah the like I, I remember in the trailer um i rebel yeah, Jin saying it's like, well, she, it's a rebellion. I rebel. That movie's that line's not yeah, in the movie. It's not in the movie, probably because it's terrible. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad <laughs> line. But even like the rebellions are built on hope. That's not a terrible line. No. But I feel like they really overuse the word hope in this movie. Yeah, because that's the it last thing like, Leia says. It was too. like every ten minutes of this movie, yeah. someone's saying hope. It's like, it's like, like we get it. The next movie's yeah. a, net, a new hope. Like, I like, get it. Like, <laughs> and I even I'm sitting, I'm sitting there by myself watching it, and then it's like I hope, and I'm like, huh, a new hope. Mm-hmm. Like I like like even after they said it, I'm like, oh, it must be this must be one of those new hopes that they talk. Just about. replace hope with Luke. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Luke. Yeah, like I feel like rebellions are built on Luke. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like this is a drinking game. I would have been done 25 minutes into the movie. Yeah, with, all the, with uh, as many times as in hope. Mm-hmm. Now here's one thing that this movie got right that the rest of the Star Wars movies didn't. Well, not the rest of them. I mean, the rest of the. Uh, the Disney and Lucasfilm mm-hmm. movies, and even some of the shows, have kind of gotten along as character development. Yes, because if you want to look at what, let's look at the two okay. at, at the two main We're points. Looking. If you look at the Skywalker saga, you got yeah Ray, Ray Palpatine. Her last name's fucking Palpatine. You don't just take a last name. That'd like me all of a sudden saying I'm a whole zaffle. That doesn't make it fucking true. I mean, you're welcome to come. I mean, yeah, I mean. But it's the point. Yeah. It, it, it's the point. And you got, and you have Jen Erso. 
Ray was, we were given nothing about Ray. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, she, not only is she a junker on uh, Tatooine Light, I can't remember what the fuck. Which is fine. That's, that's fine. But there's no, de- what is Jakku. There's yeah. no character development really post The Force Awakens. Yeah. You have like minuscule amounts, which is one of my issues with The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. um, of character development with her. It's like the very smallest minute. And then there's just none in The Rise of Skywalker. Like but, at all. But that's the thing. Like with, and even when we first get her in, in The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. it's, all right, we you know she's a, She's an orphan. She's a junker. She's on a desert planet. All of a sudden, she can fly anything that's in her fucking way. Which, then, she's, it it, which it, it she did. has said in the movie that she's never been off planet. Yeah. So how would so, she so really know, know how to fly yeah. this stuff? And how do you know how to start and fix the issues with the Millennium Falcon? Well, I would. I assumed it was because she would. She was a junker for Unkar Plutt, and he owned the Millennium Falcon at the time. Yeah, but... So I would just assume that she had worked on it. That doesn't mean she knows how to... Fucking fly it. Pilot, yeah. It doesn't mean. I, I, I mean, I, yes. I guess you could pilot these. I can drive a car. That doesn't mean I know how to fix it. I guess. I guess. Mm. I guess you could argue that maybe she is flowing them within the atmosphere of the planet. I guess. I, I, I'll give you that. I, I. I don't know. You know, that's something that's actually always qualmed me with the Force Awakens. It's like, oh, she's never been off world, but she does know how to fly the Millennium. We talked about it in our Force yeah. Awakens thing. That's one of my biggest problem with the movie that we saw her pilot the Millennium Falcon. Be- almost better than we ever saw Han Solo do, and he's supposed to be the best pilot in the galaxy. Yeah, he so, is the best pilot in the galaxy. Yeah, well, that's well, you know what I'm saying. So, no, I, I yeah. completely agree. There, there's there's good character development in this movie because through the two main characters of um, Cassian Andor and Jyn Erso, she doesn't. She's she's the reluctant hero mm-hmm. who then buys into the rebellion, and Cassian is the. By the he not by the book, but he is all about the rebellion. But then realize you know he comes to realize that like, you know she you know he doesn't kill he doesn't kill Galen Erso, you know because he realizes that like, you know well he also sees Jin on the platform too. But mm-hmm. at the same time he they both kind of intersect where they realize that he doesn't have to be so die in the wolf for the rebellion and she doesn't have to be a loner. Right. That's the character developments of the characters yeah. which. Which is but, which is but, just rare in Disney. But it's Star also it, it's also worth like Ray all of a sudden also knows how to fight and can handle herself and can fight fucking stormtroopers and and then, I, and, and then once she finds out she's fucking force sensitive, mm-hmm. can do this that and the other. What we know from Jen just from the movie, just from this movie alone, we mm-hmm. know okay. So, when she was a young girl, like I guess she's eight or so when um say, yeah roughly I yeah, guess we'll say single digits. When uh, when her mother is killed and Galen has to go back to the Empire and she's in and she's under the care of Saul Guerrero. What do we know of Saul Guerrero? He's a rebel. He's an extremist, and he was working with her. So just by that alone, we can assume that he taught her everything she needs to know about how to take care of herself. Mm-hmm. She's and when we and when we meet her, she's uh, she's in an Imperial labor camp. So she's basically in jail. So at, at one point we get her at four and then we get her in eight. So I guess that's yeah. four when Saul gets her. And then when would it be when she's eight? Um, or either way, we get yeah. two younger versions of, yeah. of I, I, I'm drawing a blank on right now. But and they know that mm-hmm. and single digits, like yeah. you said. But it's, but it's it's clear that the that the rebel that the rebellion knows. All right, well, she worked with Saul Guerrero, so you probably take care of herself. So we'll just use her to get back into Saul Guerrero, but mm-hmm. then we'll just keep Cassian Andor and 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 K two S O the the reprogrammed Imperial droid with mm-hmm. her. And Cassian Andor, we know he he's with the rebellion, and we've seen what he can do in terms of fighting and shooting a gun. So he. Mm-hmm. These are and as you said, as they're going through the movie, she realizes she has to be alone. He knows he can't be dotting in the wool. We got none of that from anybody in the uh, in the in the sequel trilogy. No, like mm. the the one time that they were going to give us character development and a plot, it was ruined by fucking Rose Tico in the yeah. Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, there was no reason why Finn didn't have to sacrifice himself. They should have just let it happen. I saved you, Sally. Fuck you. Fuck you. You ruined everything, and this entire and this entire sequel trilogy is awful as, it's a as mess. it is. Yeah. But oh, uh, sorry. I had to. Oh, she's son of a bitch. I lost my thing. 
Oh, I'm back. Where's okay. Alyssa's penis? Nope, it's still there. It's just broken. But that's the difference between yes. like good writing and bad writing. Like Jin has a character development, and you're you're you don't have to. I mean, she's not good at everything. There's times she's, she stumbles, and that's the difference. Because, unfortunately, you know, you have to compare the two because they're the first two movies released under Lucasfilm as they were bought after bought, being bought out by Disney. Um, and, I mean, let's, you know, be honest. They're the back-to-back movies where the protagonist is a female. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a whole problem in Hollywood of poorly written female characters. Yeah. Where they don't want to give them character development, they just are good at everything from the beginning. Um, or their idea of character development is being better than everybody else and then being cocky about it. Yes, um, it's, like, it's like you you don't need to have a strong character by cutting down everyone else around yeah. you. Um, and that's that's ultimately the issue with Ray. Yes, I could I buy the fact that she was abandoned on Jakku and is scrappy. You know, she kind of taught herself a few things. Yes, but she's too good. That's the problem. Whereas Jin, I never... She got into like a one-on-one sparring session with Luke Skywalker and beat him. How does that happen? I wouldn't even... He's a a trained Jedi. You know what though? I wouldn't even... That's not even an issue because he's a 60-year-old man. She got into a sparring session with a trained member of the First Order's military. Yeah. And bested him with Finn. Yeah. And then she bested Kylo Ren literally in three straight movies. She's undefeated against Kylo Ren. That's that's and that's the issue. That's that's the issue. So, um, but anyway, let's let's continue. Yeah. Um, and I was as we're, we're going to character development, I was going to talk about the the great side characters too. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially K two uh, S O, Baze mm-hmm. Malbus, and um, uh, True Imway. These are great characters. Absolutely. Nobody has the force. Mm-mm. Nobody has a lightsaber. I mean, um, Chiru, he got believes in, he believes in the force. Yeah. I mean, he's got a weapon, and he's blind, but he he doesn't use the force. He just believes that the force is helping him mm. do everything he can do. I mean, to be fair, it's Donnie Yen. He could probably do all this stuff anyway, even if he was blind. Mm-hmm. He obviously handles himself in, in, in great hand-to-hand combat. And who doesn't like a good buddy cop stare between him and Baze Malvis? Yeah. It's 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 fantastic. You might as well just had Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. And just, give, and just give him a side movie. And going into this movie, we were obviously introduced to all these characters, and we got so emotionally involved with these characters that we kind of forgot that none of them survive. Yeah. Like, Cassian and Jin are so all of them. None of them live. And we know they don't live because they don't show up in the fucking movies that, mm. that follow afterwards. They're never referenced again. The only ones that we know that show up again are Bail Organa. And by show up again, I mean he dies on his fucking planet. Mm. And Ma Mothma, who doesn't show up for another two movies after this. Yeah. Doesn't show up until uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Obviously not by G- uh, yeah. Genevieve O'Reilly. Well, I mean, also, and... and, and Red leader and gold leader because those I, that that was just like digital, uh, digital recreations for them. Yeah, I be, yeah, yeah. And um, your boy Grand Moff Tarkin, which I'm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk because this this was this is the controversial topic of this movie and many movies. And this forward. is actually yeah, th- this was kind of the genesis of where we are now and mm-hmm. why there's a strike in Hollywood. Yeah, but they contacted the family and said, "Hey, can we do this?" And the yeah. family said, "Yes." Yeah. So. You cannot I don't have a problem with it. I when when it's in terms of this, do I want to see a whole movie starring a CGI Alan Rickman? No. no. But in terms to serve a story like this, handful of scenes throughout, I'm fine with this. The how they've used Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian and and Book of Boba Fett. Well, Book of Boba Fett, he was way better. Um, I'm fine with that because I don't want somebody who doesn't look. But Mark Hamill is also still alive, so it's so they can. But he but also, they have, but they have to get his permission. Yeah, and he's on set. They're, you know, he's yeah. on set coaching and stuff. So he's he's part of it. Um, but he's openly admitted he's like I'm an old guy, overweight. I mean, he's not that overweight, but he's not like 27 year old Skywalker yeah. weight. You know what I mean? Like 
his voice is permanently changed because he's done the Joker for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't sound at all like he did back. I mean, nobody does. I mean, yeah. of course, a 60 or 70, I think Mark's about 70 now. Yeah, Mark's 70 or Mark Hamill's not going to sound the same as 27 year old Mark Hamill, no. which is the age that Luke is currently where they're exploring that timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I'm okay with that. Would I want a whole movie of uh, CGI Luke Skywalker? I don't know. I would rather you yeah. just use the, the 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 body actor that you used for him in Book of Boba because he already looks like Mark Hamill. But that's like where yeah. we're at now is because they consider is because any movie studio can excuse me they can just punch in like like say if an actor is unavailable mm-hmm. like all right well just so we don't lose a day of shooting yep boom AI technology and then all of a sudden here's Sam Jackson well the thing is in the scene but it's like oh I didn't work this day yeah but here's my likeness this also kind of goes back to the Back to the Future two issue yeah where they. Where they yeah they don't they don't want to pay for the where, likeness that's what it where, is. where they use a different actor mm. and just use Crispin Glover's likeness and then he sued and they're like oh shit we got to pay but now yeah. it's like oh well we're not using a different actor now it's like oh it's computer technology it's not the same thing it's yeah. like well this is part of it it's yep that's yeah. exactly what it is um, but and I think they paid the family too um, so at least they did right by that yeah. um, but then I thought he looked great I think it's I I I, I would. Much prefer them to do this than use a recast actor like they did for at the Revenge of the Sith when we mm-hmm. see Grand Moff Tarkin. Because I don't think that guy looked anything like uh, Peter Cushing. No. Like at all. And he wasn't wearing slippers. It either. looked like, yeah. <laughs> it looked like a caricature of Grand yeah. Moff Tarkin. Where this, yes, you can tell it's CGI. But for me... I was able to look past that and go, wow, this is cool that they were able to do this. Now, mm-hmm. all the other stuff behind the scenes, that's, that's, they got to figure that out. I could fucking care less. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do care, but I'm just saying, like, when I'm watching the movie, I'm not sitting there going, man, I really hope they paid Peter Cushing's family. Like, that's not what I'm thinking, but yeah. I mean, I hope they did. I will say, and, uh, and this actually, remember when we first saw this and uh, one of our friends, I'm not going to name by name. Mm. Said that the Pierre Cushing looked looked terrible, but that Carrie Fisher's looked good. I I was I always thought it was the complete opposite. It was like she was still alive when they shot this. They could have put her in the movie and yeah. then just de-aged her. I think they used and her altered daughter. her voice. I think, but Billy Lord doesn't look enough like Carrie. No, Fisher. I think they used her daughter because it she, isn't like O'Shea Jackson Jr. <clears throat> who basically looks like he shot right out of Ice Cube's ass. Yeah, no, I think they used Billy Lord because she's built. I mean, Carrie Fisher's got. I mean, let's be honest. Carrie Fisher was not skinny when she died. No. She was, again, she, much like Mark Hamill, she was, what, 60 years old? Because she, she was younger than, yeah. she was, we'll say she was 60 when she died. Well, a 60-year-old Carrie Fisher isn't going to look like an 18-year-old uh, Carrie Fisher. No. You know what I mean? Um, so, but the de- I, but, I think if the, I mean, she looked okay. But it's also possible maybe the technology wasn't there. Either, it wasn't, right? yeah, it wasn't because there. Because if you look at yet. it now, like when we saw Dial of Destiny, D.H. Harrison Ford looked yeah. like he did in 89. Or, or they, what they did was with Luke in Book of Boba Fett was, uh, I don't, that was a, um, a deep fake mm-hmm. and it was like nearly flawless. Like yeah. I believed that that was Luke Skywalker post Return of the Jedi, which it was okay in Mandalorian, but that you can clearly see. Where they took, they decided to do something yeah. different. So, um, you know, they Marvel does this all the time. They'll go back before they release movies on Disney Plus, and they'll touch up CGI and stuff like that. I'd like to see them go back. I'd like to see Disney go back, or, or I guess Lucasfilm go back and touch up the CGI on Leia in this, and even Tarkin. Even though I think Tarkin looks good, but little, now a little tweak, a little, <coughs> a little yeah. Little now, now we're seven years since this movie came out. Imagine the technology going back in and just refining some of it now. Yeah. It would look it would look spotless. Absolutely. I personally think they've made a mistake casting Billy Lord in the sequel trilogy because they should just cast her to be a young Leia. Yeah. I mean, truthfully. I'm okay with recastings. I thought Alden Ehrenreich, we'll talk about that next year. I thought Alden Ehrenreich was a decent Hanzo. Not great, but he was decent enough to where I could, I'm okay with him playing the character going forward. Prob- problem is when you try to – when you have a character that's so beloved like – Han Solo and an actor who yeah. is so also so beloved, like Harrison Ford. Yeah, it's tough. Anybody else was it didn't <clears throat> matter who it was. They were gonna, yeah, they, it's, they, it's they were tough. gonna look inferior by comparison. It's tough, yeah. Um, so I really like Krennic. He is one of my favorite Imperial characters of all time. I want more. I want more Orson Krennic. I 
do too. Obviously, we're not going to get more points. Obviously, yeah. But I, I think, I mean, I love Ben Mendelsohn. He is an incredible actor. One of the few highlights of the Captain Marvel movie, Mm -hmm. of course. One of also one of the few actors who has done Marvel, DC, and Star Wars. Yeah, because I always forget he was in the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. I paid you a fortune. Does that give you power over me? I always forget he's in that movie. Oh, your power over me? Oh, I guess I guess Bane is voiced by Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> this version he is. I fucking pay to see that. <laughs> Bane played by Orson Welles. The fattest fucking Bane anyone's ever seen. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess when he uses the venom, he just gets bigger in his yeah. stomach. Like he, turns, he turns into the blob. <laughs> but Krennic was such a... like. He, he, a little unhinged too, which I like about. Him. And he got more unhinged as the movie went on. Yeah, but like he always figured there was something else going on. It's like you know, I want every transmission that Galen Erso sent out. Mm-hmm. Like I need to know what's going on here. And same thing with Moff Tarkin. He just kind of swooped in. It's like, yeah, I'm taking control of the space station. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm still the director. Yeah, well, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's me. Like I mean, but that's that was exactly the same attitude Tarkin had in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, should we evacuate? In our hour of triumph, you overestimate their odds. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It, it, it... Oh, I'm sorry. The, but, like, we, we, with Tarkin, it was such a smooth... Like, that's the character. This is it. It was mm-hmm. just more expanded on... Because we got to see a little bit more of him. Yeah. Krennic, is, it shows that, like, where all of these <coughs> generals and these high-ranking officials in the Empire were. They were cocky, but with Krennic, he was always looking over his shoulder. He's yeah. like, something's going on. I need to know what's going on. And which kind of leads them to Scarif, which, by the way, Scarif, great fucking location for yeah, a planet. I love Why that do planet. no other planets in the fucking Star Wars universe look like Scarif? <laughs> Scarif me, looks like it's on fucking Maui. Well, me, not Maui now, but it was. Maui. I think it was filmed in the Canary Islands. Let me look up. What was that? Planet? I mean, I'm surprised Jimmy Buffett didn't walk by with the fucking Margarita. Huh? Rebellion, huh? Spirits of Colin. It's. Uh, it was just fantastic. So they go to Scarif because that's where the archives are for all the plans as Galen Urso said in his message, that's where they have to go. And the, the Rebel Alliance does not want to go to this, so that small little group of Cassandor's crew of people, they go. And spoiler, none of them live. Mm-hmm. Not a fucking one. A single one. They all die. And they all have great deaths. Like, really, like, like hero, like, real hero shit deaths. What are you doing there? You, you good? So... <clears throat> I think it's called. Yeah, um, so there was a planet in Knights of the Old Republic in the first game, still the greatest Star Wars game ever made. Um, some have come close though, uh, where it's the final planet before you get up onto the Star Forge, and it was, I think the name is Lee Han, but I I don't know if that was the name during the game. It might have been renamed. Because I remember it just being called the Mystery World. But that's it looked like that. And I remember seeing that planet for the first time in the trailers going, holy fuck, are they going to an, an over-public planet? Obviously, it ended up being Scarif. But I, I like that callback because they clearly got the idea from Knights of the Republic for mm-hmm. that planet. And, and that's one of my favorite planets in, in Star Wars It's yeah. it is the one here. And remember that shot in the trailer? This is actually disappointing me. was the shot of Krennic walking on the water to the tower in the trailer. Do you remember that, that shot yeah. in the trailer? What a shot. And we didn't get it in the movie. That's yeah. a shame. That's I really would love, I would love to see some deleted scenes from this movie. Oh, absolutely. So K2SO, Jin, and Cassian are inside the, um, uh, the essentially the databank mm-hmm. where all the records are kept. Where K two S O sacrificed himself so Jin and Cassie can get the can, can get the stolen piece of data, which once yeah as we said they, 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 like these are all hero deaths you felt bad for every one of them, mm-hmm. you know that's how he goes down. Uh, Imway is killed after he activates the master switch on the communications. That way Bodhi Rook can send a message to the Rebel Alliance that hey we're gonna send up the transmission for the for the Death Star schematics because Galen Erso is the one who made the reactor basically like a powder keg mm-hmm. where it's, it didn't matter what it was. It could have been photon torpedoes. It could have been a, a fucking 12 year old with an M80 dropping it down that uh, reactor tube mm-hmm. or the, uh, the exhaust. Is that what it was? Exhaust vent? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. You guys know what I'm talking about. You're listening to this. You've seen the star Wars. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, he has to activate, he activates the, the master switch 
but then ends up getting taken out like immediately afterwards. Baze Malbus kind of goes down to fire glories. <clears throat> he's taken down Scarif Troopers, and then he ends up getting blown up by a grenade after he kills the guy who's holding it. Rook and the ship that he's on get blown up when they throw a grenade inside. He looks at it, and he's like, he's almost like, yeah, fuck. Like they should just throw that in where he's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. And he gets blown up. So basically, at this point, Jin and Cassian are the only ones still alive. Mm-hmm. And they're at the top of this radar tower that's going to send out the signal. Um, where Krennic then shows up, but he's shot by Cassian. And then they end up escaping. They transmit the signal up to the ship that has fake, uh, not, not fake, but the dollar store version of, uh, what's his name? Akbar, Admiral Akbar. Oh, Admiral Raditz. Admiral Raditz. I couldn't remember his name. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like fake Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> must be a trap. <laughs> I thought it was a... Oh, yeah. And... The Death Star shows up, like, immediately fucking afterwards. And Tarkin, just cold as ice, uh, fire on the... <laughs> you're going to fire on the Scarif... Uh, what is it? The... Like, the archives. Like, yeah. Like the, you, you're going to fire base. on... Yeah, you're going to fire just, on... They just, the, just nuke the like, base, yep, pretty much. Just fire on the base. Mm-hmm. Like, not a given a shit. He knows that Krennic is down there. He's like, yeah, fuck you, dude. It's fire on it. Which is interesting because we always assume that the Death Star could blow up entire planets, mm. which they can. But when you lower the power on it, you mm. just wipe out cities, which they, which what they did with Jeddah, with Jeddah City. I thought Jeddah City looked pretty cool, too. We kind of yeah. glossed over that, but... Yeah, and, um, and Scarif. And then that's when Jin and Cassian obviously go down, too, because they're on the... As it fucking goes up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get this nice shot there. <clears throat> embracing on the beach as everything blows up. And then that's it. Yeah. Movie ends. No, it doesn't. Because you know who oh, yeah. is in tow? Yeah. Darth Vader's on the way. Yep. And he's pretty fucking angry. Yeah. Because someone let the pit bull off a chain. Mm-hmm. And, this- and we got to see, <clears throat> for the probably the first time, not including anything that's happened prior. Right. Killing the younglings, slaughtering mm-hmm. sand people. We got to see why Darth Vader is the most feared motherfucker in the goddamn galaxy. Yeah. Because when he shows up on, uh, that's right, it's ship that he's on. Correct? When he, uh, be, be, because they board on it. Because that's where they set the plans to. Uh, I. We'll just say for argument. Yeah, because I because I think Raditz's ship was the one that was actually crashed into the Star Destroyer as it came out of hyperspace. Maybe. So either way, this was the ship that that housed, that housed the Tanta Four. Yeah. So because that's what they dropped the the Tanta Four drops oh, out yes, of the bottom yes, of it. Yes, 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 um, yes, it, yes. It, I, I can't off the top of my head. I don't. I'm pretty sure Raditz's ship is the one that crashed into the Star Destroyer. You might be right when it came out of hyperspace. Maybe. <clears throat> um, but as soon but as soon as Vader boards, and I, I always say I'm not the biggest fan in the world of hallway scenes because I feel like it's an overplayed trope at this Absolutely. point. It is now, yeah. I'm kind of tired of seeing it. You know, the hallways, the narrow corridors, it's almost like when you got a movie, you got to have it in there to make sure you have an epic fight scene that looks epic when it's close quarters. Mm-hmm. It's overdone to death. But this one. This one was incredible. Holy shit. You see nothing. You hear the breathing, and all of a sudden, the lightsaber kicks on. And those rebels, you can collectively hear them shit their pants at the same time. Yep. And then Vader slices through every single motherfucker gets in his way. Best kill, and I know you'll agree with this, is when he used the force to put the guy on the ceiling. And, and then, then cuts him in half. And then cuts yeah. him in half because he fucking walks by with yeah. the lightsaber. Yeah. Fucking great. Use the force, pulls all their guns out of their hands. Like, mm-hmm. this is fucking Darth this Vader. This is unhinged Vader. Not this even is, unhinged Vader. This is Vader letting his power unhinged. Yeah. This is Vader with a mission. <clears throat> his mission is to get the fucking Death Star plans. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it was <clears throat> fucking brutal and just nasty. Mm-hmm. And then the last shot is, is Layla, uh, not Layla, Leia getting the Death Star plans yeah. and saying, yeah. oh, this must be a new hope. <laughs> I, I do have a question in, for you. And then stared into the uh, screen. When Vader was standing at the edge watching the Tantive Force sail off, why was there wind blowing his cape? 
in space effect. I guess. <laughs> but, here, but as as I'm watching as I'm watching that happen, I couldn't help but think back to Obi Wan when Vader used the Force to pull a ship down that was flying away. Why didn't he just do that? Because Obi Wan's a poorly written show. That's the right answer. Yeah. That's the right answer. Yeah. Oh, and we, we glossed over the other Vader scene in the movie when Krennic meets him at his castle. Yes. Which I thought was fucking awesome. So Vader having a castle on Musafar, mm-hmm. would that be like the Jews having their holy city be in Poland? Or Dachau. Or Dachau? I guess. I mean, it's like, this is the planet that you got maimed <laughs> on. And you're just like, you all, you. and all of a sudden you're just like, you know what? This works. I'm gonna I'm gonna set up shop and live here. Yeah, in the old EU, he had two castles. I don't think either of them were on Mustafar. Let me look because because you visit one of them in Jedi Academy Two, I think it is, or Jedi Outcast Two Jedi Academy. Um, had they had the foresight, then you could have had Hayden Christensen being the back to tank. Yeah, and then you wouldn't have had to use trickery to. You know, hide the face and all that. We could have just seen like close up of Kate of, of Hayden Christensen's eyes and been like, "Oh, okay, that's not Vader." And then he gives that great little line: "Don't choke on your aspirations." As he's using the force choke on on Krennic, mm-hmm. because he's not he's unhappy that the that there's any issues at all with the Death Star. His his um castle in the EU was on Bast mm. or Bast, however you want to say, it, on the planet of Vajun. Camp Lejeune? No, Vijun. V V J U N. It was Bast Castle. But uh that was his that was his castle in the EU. He's got I think he's got two in the current uh in the current uh canon. Which is fine. I'm okay with it being on Mustafar. It's it's kinda cool. Um and he you know, he goes back to it a lot in the comics yeah. and it's 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 pretty cool. I mean this movie he's, I he, mean he has an area in Mustafar called the Eye of the Webbish Bog and he talks to a fucking giant Bug. Give me that movie. <laughs> Give me it because it's fucking ridiculous. Give me that. Movie. Actually, in the current in the current issue of Vader, Vader thirty eight in volume three, I just read it like or 38 I think. He uh, he he goes down to talk to this. I can't remember the character's name. It's actually used. It's the character that was supposed to be in. Uh, uh, it was taken from the concept art from Colin Trevorrow's episode nine script. They just. Put it in the comics. Oh, nice. So I don't remember his name in the comics though. In the in the script he was Tor Valen, but I don't remember what he's called in the comics. Nice. He's just like this, like he looks like the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland, but he's got like spider legs. That's fine. Or like cricket legs. That's fine. And he like Vader electrocuted him in the current issue, and then he was like, I'm not the one you're looking for. And he just like smirks at him like this bug is just loving his life. Yeah. He didn't even care. Because he's like a, he's like an all powerful force user. Yeah. Um yeah, that's basically that's Rogue One. That's I mean that's well I mean that's that's like that's, that's the show. I, that's the plot. Yeah, <laughs> that's the show. So um, yeah, I, I I again I think this this was a such a huge hit for Disney, and I say listen I, I say Disney because Disney owns Lucasfilm. I I mean to say Lucasfilm again. I don't think Disney is kicking in the door to Kathleen Kennedy's office going like. We need you to fucking, uh, you know, do this. They don't care. They want they. You make your release date and you make fucking money. That's all they give a shit about. They don't care what you're doing narratively. They don't care about any of that stuff. They really don't. Um, <clears throat> and but this was such a, a a huge hit critically, I would say, and fans. I think universally, all Star Wars fans pretty much like this movie. Whatever you think about the sequels, again, they're kind of a narrative mess. Good, bad, and different. Like I always say, what do you ever feel about them? They're not perfect movies. They're not perfect trilogy. But I think everybody looks at Rogue One going, why couldn't we get more like this cinematically? All three sequel movies should have been this quality, this kind of writing. For the most part, I'd say 75% of the movie is well written. You know, There's some lines here and there that don't work. But um, <clears throat> I, just, I just wish I wish all of Disney Star Wars was this good. Favorite team. Easily the Vader. Yeah, always. Same. it's it's, it's one of the best moments how, in Star Wars not? history. How do you not? And I I do like the battle of Scarif too. That yeah. whole battle is I think is the whole just, third is act of the movie yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so least favorite scene? I don't think I have one. <clears throat> I don't. I don't think there's any wasted. I don't think there's any wasted moment. Yeah, I don't think I have one. Maybe maybe the Leia saying hope at the end is a, it's a little like cheesy. 
you know? Maybe the overuse of the word hope. Yeah. But I overall don't think this there's this movie doesn't really have like a scene go I just go and like do the face palm, you know what I mean? I, there's none of that. Out of ten. I'm going nine and a half. Too much hope. Too much of the word hope. I'm gonna go. Damn, I wish I could remember what I gave episode three. Because I, I have this ranked higher than episode three. And I feel like I, I gave episode three a really high rank. Um, I'm going to go, I think... It's not a perfect movie. Um, I'll give it a nine. Because there's something we forgot to touch on. The score is fucking terrible. Oh, fuck yeah. It is one right. of the worst... Yeah, I forgot and, about it. Yeah, I'll drop mine down to nine. I yeah. forgot. The I, score is terrible. There is some cheesy lines in it's it. It's because I wasn't paying attention to the score because, because I was it's involved. forgettable. Yeah. Now I w- I'm not gonna like blame Michael Giacchino like I, I always do. He had like a month to write the score for this movie. Because I don't remember who was originally supposed to do it, but he dropped out. And then they they just because Michael Giacchino is very affiliated affiliated with Disney. He does a lot of Marvel stuff. Um and I think just Disney movies overall. And so he, they turned to him. I just, I think the score, I like if you were to rescore this movie with Kevin Kiner, who does all the Filoni stuff, the animated shows, uh, John Williams, of course, um, Ludwig Gorenson, who has done like the the Fabro stuff, the you know the, the the Mando stuff, it would it would elevate this movie much more. Star Wars movies and shows have to have good scores. Mm-hmm. Because it it helps make the movie. And if the score is bad, then the movie, it hinders the movie. So I think a 9 out of 10, it's a great movie. It's the second best movie that Lucasfilm has put out under Disney. One, as I said before a couple months ago, is to me is Dial Destiny. Um, but I, th- I think this was a great movie. And part of me misses this era of Star Wars. Coming out of The Force Awakens, coming out of Rogue One... And Rebels at the time was powering along. We're right in the middle of Rebels. Rebels was four, was fourteen to eighteen. I looked up while we were talking. Right in the middle of Rebels, and you know, this was a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, the comic books were pretty good. Um, we were smack dab in the middle of Jason Aaron's Star Wars run, the relaunch under Marvel, and a lot of other great stuff. And um, I kind of miss this. Time and I still think it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're you know, Ahsoka is incredible. Um, Andor was great. The shows, for the most part, have been have been decent to fantastic. So, just I just want to see some good movies. I miss them being on the, on the movies. I miss mm-hmm. them being movies in in the cinema. And um, hopefully, we get back soon. I just don't care about that right movie. Nope. But. Well, I think that's it, everybody. That's Andor. I think that's it. So next week... Well, it's Rogue One, not Andor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next week starts the 666 Weeks of Horror. So we'll see you then. Um, excited to do that. Um, George, have anything else to add? None. All right. I'm, I'm good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, I've been Dean Holtzapple. I'm still George Rogers. We'll see you in the Horrorverse because it's coming oh. up.